What's up, everybody? Thanks for checking out another episode of O. Jeremiah Talks. Uh, Aaron and I are back with another episode. We are hitting the road. We're actually uh, literally packing the van as you are listening to this. Because tomorrow night, if you're listening to this on the Wednesday it comes out, we are in Atlanta for a private event. Sorry, but we are still there. And then on Friday, we are playing a hometown show in Hattiesburg, Mississippi at the Thirsty Hippo with Sarah Brian Lewis. We're so excited. And then on Saturday, we're in Fairhope, Alabama. It is our maiden voyage in the Sprinter van, and we are so stoked. Actually, the maiden voyage was in Tallulah Gorge, but this is the first one where we get to play shows, and that is exciting. So if you're into that, please get your tickets. Um, The Fairhope show, I think, is free, but um, we have tickets for the Hattiesburg show on our website. Go check it out. It's very exciting. Um, other than that, we have another great episode. We dive into, uh, it starts out with Aaron is in a, is in a mood and somehow we end up talking for 30 minutes on dreams. It's, it's a very fun conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Um, if you want more of this episode, head over to patreon.com slash Jeremiah, and we have so much more content there. The other half of this episode, and we have exclusive demos, we have new songs, we have uh, these stories that I'm writing for a book that I'm working on. It's all happening on Patreon. So go get it. Okay, this episode coming in hot. O Jeremiah Talks. Let's go. I wanted to be you talking on the intro. I'm together. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. What? Um, oh, I'm just like fussy. You you woke up fussy. Can I be honest? Yes. The I don't remember the last time that the dishes were that stacked up. Are you are you really starting this podcast with an argument about me not having washed the dishes already? No, it, no, it's like an indicator of me too. You're stacked like, up. I'm I'm emotionally stacked. You feel that way. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's go through it. I feel like we're starting heavy. I, I love number one emotion. Yeah, number one emotion. No, Go I ahead. don't know. We remember when we used to do the feelings wheel. My oh my, how that faded. <laughs> and that's okay. So you woke up fussy. So I I met someone for coffee. So this is like really the first time I'm talking to you today. Yeah. It is Tuesday. Yeah. It's around noon. I mean that should be charming. I usually like a day at home whenever it's thundering. Did y'all hear that on the other end of this? Yes. So the weather is very icky in Athens, Georgia today. I like that when I work from home. And I called you on my way home and I was like, hey babe, how we doing? And you were just like, shut no. up. <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't say that word. I didn't say that. Okay. You, uh, let's talk about it though. What, what's going on in there? I don't know. You can di- dig deep and try to find what's going on with me. What are the roots within that have been buried? I don't know. It's not my responsibility to know your feelings. <gasps> I feel like it's more your responsibility because they're but, your feelings, right? Well, I know, but I can't. I don't know what they are. I thought you would just ask me questions. Okay, let me ask you questions. Uh, did you wake up fussy or did you <laughs> find fussiness around breakfast time? In the apartment. Yes. Did you stumble uh, upon it? I think I woke up that way. Okay. I'm not did feeling we, super motivated. You're not feeling motivated. That You talked to me about that on the call. Uh so motivation. Good memory. <laughs> yes. So motivation sounds like one of those things. Did we have a bad dream yesterday? Whenever you woke up, you told me about this dream oh. where noodles. You let me tell it. You okay, go ahead. You? Yeah. Can I also tell you something? Also, I, I when people describe dreams this weird, it doesn't hit. I know. As much as we probably want it to, but here's I feel how like, it might. Can okay. I pitch an idea to you? Please. Is this our screenplay? It felt as if 
I became Noodles, and that was the dream that she would have. Okay. Does that track? That maybe. I feel like that makes us creepy dog owners, but go ahead. No, because here's the thing. So two different dreams. Yeah. Both of which Noodles was at risk of uh, death. Okay. One time she was walking through a flame of field of fire in my dad's front yard. It's always, I always dream in my dad's house or yep. yard. Yep. The second one was there was this animal that we thought was so cute, and then it uh, started attacking Noodles, and we had to kill it. But describe the animal. This is the animal, which is why I think I was dreaming as if you it, can you just picture like a like a dog movie where like the dog goes to sleep and then it has like this this imagery of like what their dream is about. Like I think it's this. Okay, that's okay. great. So, uh, so it was we're in, again my dad's yard or barn this time, and we look up and there's a cat squirrel. In the tree. And let me tell you what that looks like. It's the size of a mountain cat. What's a mountain cat? Uh, mountain lion. Okay, there we go. <laughs> no, it's in between a mountain lion and a cat. So like... So like a fat cat. A pretty big cat. Okay. Like Garfield. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a type of... There's a breed of cat that's actually like pretty large. It was kind of that. Okay. Instead of a cat tail, it had a squirrel tail in the middle of its back. Like angel wings, but this, my friend, was no angel. <laughs> and then the cat jumped down the tree, and we're like, Oh, that, that cat squirrel's kind of cute. And we like start petting it, and then it opens its mouth and it has shark teeth, and it tried to kill Noodles in the throat. So I imagine if Noodles is dreaming and she's like fighting this like fake animal in her sleep, it's a cat squirrel shark. And you that woke seems like up, something Noodles would come up with. When you woke up, you said family meeting. I need to. We need yeah. to talk about this dream that I just had. Yeah. And you you brought it to me with the intensity of someone that just saw their dead great grandmother come back as a ghost. Sure. Like you you were very moved by the stream, as if I was also going to be moved by the stream and say, "Oh my gosh, Aaron, I'm so glad you made it out of there." <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just it sounds so silly to me. It is silly, but if you imagine it as a as can you imagine the morning had Noodles, you know, if she could speak, if she woke up and told you what she dreamt about, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense because dogs chase cats and squirrels, but what they don't know is that they're going to be mean to them like a shark. So That's, I really created the perfect cartoon. You really did. And I think that your... Cat, squirrel tail. Your anxiety, that's a really good representation of your anxiety <laughs> because you make believe different situations into one big scary thing like you take the the lightning of a thunderstorm with the fire of a house fire and you combine it into a thunder fire and it's like that's what your specific type of anxiety is like wish you could have seen the shark teeth i i, I me too okay anyway, so, do you, so was that dream so traumatizing it seeped into day two seeped into day two i don't remember my dream from last night i think i had one but i don't super remember it uh i don't I don't know what's going on with me. You do this thing. It's so cute. I love it so much. Stop. Where you are just in a horrible mood for no reason. No one knows. You, you're you like, I can't even talk about it. And I'll be like, okay. Well, and the people pleaser in me is like, I need to make sure your wife is happy. I need to make sure that my wife is, is, is ready to go. Yeah. And I will ask you these questions. Hoping, honestly, now that I think about it, I'm hoping to hurt your feelings. Because when I hurt, what? like... I'm hoping to find the thing that's hurting your feelings. That's, that's what it feels yeah. like. Because then I have to start being like, 
is it because you don't like the way you look in those pants? Stop. And I have to like go down the list of things that could potentially hurt your feelings. And then we oh. have resolution. You see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's kind of offensive because I can see how you would accidentally hit a different landmine and then... Exactly. So maybe that's not the best move. Yeah. I will say I was in a good spot yesterday though, remember? But then, well, I mean, we had a, a friend pass. We did have a friend pass. That and was so, super hard. So we attended a um, memorial service online, which was just done so well. What a weird COVID thing though. Yeah, they figured it out. You know what I mean? Like, we're in a really weird time in history where we can watch memorial services on the internet in real time. Like, I we know. we couldn't be in Mississippi for the funeral, but we're like watching it and crying on our couch as if we were there. I know. What a surreal. Like, I wasn't present to that at the time. I think we both commented like, "Wow, this looks really good." Not like which the sounds like the quality of the live stream was it. It was felt insane. Like we were there. Well, because I mean, we knew. A lot of the people that were like a part of the service, like one of the pastors and he married us. And yeah, so it, it, yeah, I, I am feeling very homesick. Like that is, that is the main cause of my blues. And like you said, I, every time I dream, I dream at my dad's house. For me, every time I dream, it's either at my parents' house or it's in Hattiesburg, which is where we're from. Yeah. I dream in Hattiesburg sometimes, but more often yeah, it's yeah. mostly uh, Hattiesburg and Jones County Junior College. Yeah. Like, there were some really formative times at my time at JCJC. Yeah. And I dream a lot about, like, I don't know how the human brain works, but it feels like my brain is really hung up in that era. Yeah. Like, there were, and I when I look back, you would think that it's because, like, I didn't do something correctly or I didn't make it out the way I thought I should. But I, like, I totally did like I made like I graduated well I I made decisions that I was proud of and I went into the field that I wanted to go into but for some reason my brain is hung up in that location yeah and I think about the friendships I had at that time I think about um like that that was like the first time I ever got like my heart really broken was Mm -hmm. around that era Mm -hmm. and I think maybe that's got something to do with it but for some reason my dreams love to hang out in Ellisville (laughs) in that time period yeah, why is our subconscious, like, hanging on to the past? I don't know. Because, like, I used to dream... Uh, I dream about John Mayer more than any person. I and know. I don't know what that is. You told me that. Because I think it's because in that same era, I was obsessed with John Mayer. Yeah. And I always have these dreams that he's, like, inviting me onto his plane. And he's like, dude, do you want to open tonight? And I'm like, obviously, John Mayer. <laughs> I want to open. But there's a lot of dreams about John Mayer. But, like, most of my dreams are happy. Yeah. That's another thing. Like a lot of my dreams are like almost affirming my decision making. Yeah. I'm not looking back and being like, wow, I totally botched that. It's like, oh, cool. I'm invited to remember how good this was. Hmm. I don't, I don't know what mine are. I, I don't know. I think I have like reckoning and stuff from like childhood memories and stuff. Yeah. Your dreams, you've told me about dreams sometimes when you're like, yeah, I had this dream where my entire family was on railroad tracks and a train was coming and I couldn't stop it. And I was like, your brain is mean. So mean, I know. Yeah, my dreams can be pretty vivid at times. Uh, it's funny, like, noodles is in a lot of my dreams. I've noodles. Not noodles. Noodles. But, like, my Athens people are in my dreams. You know, like, but in, like, either a Hattiesburg location, because I'll sometimes have dreams of, like, being in college again. Yeah. 
uh, and then I'll have dreams of maybe there's just like a certain amount of time you have to be distanced from the memory for you to like dream about it. Hmm. No, no, because I, I dream about. I don't. I don't understand. There's yeah. a there's a book called Dream Giver, and I've always wanted to read it, and I think I'm I need to do it. Well, I like. Uh... I like Murakami so much, and we talk about Murakami like a lot, but I like him so much because he does the best job to me of in, of writing what it feels like to be in a dream. Right. He does that so much better than like anybody else I can think of. And I like I have this reoccurring dream where I'm walking around in a city that doesn't really exist. It's almost like a city in a comic book. Yeah. Where in that city, like I can jump really high. And okay. that's the only thing about the city that's different than any other city. Like I, I'm in the dream and like I do it once by accident and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I can jump as high as I want to. Oh, that's cool. And then I just, I spend the rest of the dream just jumping and just being like, yeah. I can't believe from now on I get to do this. And then I wake up yeah. like a regular jumper yeah. and I hate myself. I have, a, I have a dream in my dad's front yard where I just start flapping. Yeah. And do I you, can like. Do you get off the ground? Yeah. Yeah. But I have to just like keep going. Yeah. There's something about dreaming. I'm not really like soaring. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm just in. <laughs> I'm like those. Um, did you ever get one? of? The, it was like an old our generation McDonald's kids toy of like a fairy that was attached to this little thing that you flicked the side of it and then she would spin up yep, and then come and back she would down. spin up. Yep. That's kind of what I, I do in my dream, but it's not that cute. Well, because I don't have wings. I always wonder like what the dream is trying to tell you. Right. Yes, it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like what what is that thing? Like if I'm, you know, I, I started going to therapy this year and we never got into dreams. And I think it's because I feel silly describing a dream. And I feel like it's a hard job to tell a stranger like, hey, here's this dream I had. And then you're like, oh, well, you jump because it meets your expectations yeah. and that's how high you want or well, whatever. Well, no, because that's never what therapy is, right? They end up just kind of re- reflecting back to you what you're saying. And then you're like, oh, because like I had a therapy session where the entire time was dedicated to a dream. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. No, the one where I went to my violin jury and I ended up singing and said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, I didn't even know that, that was during important. the. Yeah, that was, I didn't even remember that being in a dream, the right? therapy. No, oh. in the therapy era. Um but that dreams felt like a gift and it felt like I know. Yeah, cuz we you and I have been talking about like spirituality and dreaming. Like where like how how does how does that show up in your dreams because that felt ordained to me. That was very intense yeah. and emotional for me. But can I also say have I ever told you that um someone recently told me that dreaming is your subconscious way of detoxing itself? Oh, I like that. How cool is that? I like that. Because it gives purpose to all of them. That because it definitely does. Because here's the thing. I'll have dreams like shark tooth squirrel cat yep. trying to kill noodles. Yep. And then I'll have dreams like I sang instead of played violin at my violin jury, which is like that. that the whole story of that is very intense for me. Right. So like. It, it, you start to think, okay, some are more important than others. That's annoying. And then you're, so then that makes you question, which ones am I supposed to overthink? Right. Because I also have this recurring dream that, like, I go to this beach house with old friends. Hmm. And it's like this mysterious location that's like, that I'm like always trying to get to. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's, I don't have a ton of dreams with like my mom and dad, which feels weird. 
I don't think I have dreams with my parents either. So, so anyways, I like to say, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that in time you start to overthink all of them. But whenever you think of, whenever you have the resolution of dreams are your brain's way of detoxing or your subconscious way, that just like, that not that just almost like a sigh of relief in it? Yeah. And I think about those John Mayer dreams because that's the dream that always like makes me, because like I don't even listen to John Mayer anymore. And I think it's because when I discovered John Mayer, that's whenever I discovered I wanted to be like a touring musician. Because yeah. when I was in when I was in my like Blink One Eight Two era, I knew I wanted to be in a band. You didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what that even meant. You know, like I was watching Blink One Eight Two music videos, and I was like, "Oh, that would be cool," but I don't even know what that really means. But like when I discovered John Mayer, I was in the tenth grade, maybe the ninth grade, and I really felt like, "Oh, this is a life I could see myself doing," yeah. because I it was during the Continuum album, and that was whenever he had like he became like an electric guitar player, and. um I followed it so closely. Like I watched tour videos. I saw him on that tour. I like I watched the documentary One Song One Day, which where he goes into the studio and he he writes and records a song in one day with the band and it makes the album. Oh really? Yeah, it's called In Repair. It's a really great song. But the watching all that stuff, I would I would get lost in his life. I would be like, oh, he literally just plays music every night. Like, he has built an audience. They like the songs he wrote. They sing the songs. Because I just used to think John Mayer wrote Your Body is a Wonderland, and that's where his life ended, you know? <laughs> but now, when I watch him, I like, back then, I was like, oh, this is the life I want. Right. So part of me wonders when I dream about him if I'm going back to that innocence. Because I've been so corrupted, like, yeah. with, with the way the world is now. Yeah. <clears throat> and I would even say, like, if you literally played a show every night to no one, that actually wouldn't be fulfilling for you. No, for sure. And I think that was a, a big that was a big component of the John Mayer story is that he had an audience. Yeah, you wanted to have reach and maybe it didn't look you didn't know that that was part of it at the time. Yeah, and I think I I'm learning more about like what it actually takes and like how much luck is involved and how much, you know, John Mayer used to practice like 10 hours a day or something. So like he worked hard and, you know, but there's all, there's a, like, unless you get discovered or unless you find that thing, like it, it doesn't, playing shows every night, you're right. Like to no one is, is not realistic. Like yeah. you have to actually make money somehow, you know? Yeah. But I, and I think I'm corrupted with those things now. Like we're about to go tour in Hattiesburg, which is somewhere we, we just got done talking about and we're playing Fairhope and like we got this big uh, spring tour coming up and I'm thinking about like, well, we got to make this amount of money. Mm-hmm. For it to make sense, we got to stay in these places. I gotta, we gotta make sure noodles. I got, can, where can we park the van? Like I'm thinking about all these things that weren't in the picture I had as a kid. Yeah. And when I was a kid, it, it was like perfect John Mayer. Like, oh, all I have to do is write "Waiting on the World to Change," <laughs> and then my world will change. And then bada boom, bada boom. And then bada bing, bada boom. I'm, I'm out there. Like yeah. that's really what it felt like. Have you ever had a dream about the van? Ooh, that's a good question. No, I don't think so. No, I, but I have been, I think I'm, I think I'm really homesick because I have been dreaming a lot in Hattiesburg and that's where I feel the most at home as far as like, if home is behind me, you yeah. know, if I had to pick a place where home is behind me, yeah, it would be Hattiesburg. And I think a lot of that is because I felt really known when I was there and I feel known here in Athens, but like, I, I think it's going to take me years to, to learn 
all the damage COVID did to me. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I think it's going to take me years to unpack. Oh, this is why I've become so cynical. Oh, this is why, like, like one of the things I liked about myself the most was how much hope I had. And I just don't feel that same thing anymore. I'm sorry. And like, I think a lot of that is like remnants of COVID. Yeah. To where I remember every time there was, um, there was like a new variant on COVID, I would be like, oh, well, this is why this is fine. And I would like spin it. Yeah. And now legitimately, I'll, when we went to Target yesterday, I was like, oh, we need to buy like a bunch of masks because they're going to make us mask up again in like no mm-hmm. time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the first time we went no mask, I was like, oh, cool. COVID's over. You know, like it's just, I've just become more cynical. Also, I have more data to prove that it's, it's is could it happen. cynical or just like realistic? See, and I used to not be able to tell the I'm difference. Sorry, you know sorry. what I mean? Yeah. Well, something I, I felt I'm kind of stuck on the dream thing, if that's okay. Like, I am just kind of realizing that I don't, I have one dream that I can think of that felt like it was preparing me for the future. Okay. But most of the dreams that I have are, are kind of like almost like remapping an old emotion or. That would an be a old great event. Song. Stop. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like it's all referencing something from the past that I felt. Like, is but it whenever... giving you the coordinates on the map that you should have taken, or is no. it just like reminding you of what what it was? Maybe reminding me of what I learned, making me see something in a different way. Hmm. Um. Or just like processing how someone else is going through something in their life, and then having maybe it like played out in my brain a different way like friends going through something and then me experiencing it myself yeah helps me know what they're going through like i was um i i dated a guy for a long time back, like like i was like 19 20 and like almost got married or i was headed down the path of that and when we when i ended things i like a few years later, I realized that I had like no compassion for this person at all. Right. And I like, I still don't. And then I had a dream, I think within the last year that I told you where it kind of went back at my dad's house again. And we went back and I broke up with him in the dream again. And it was the first time I'd ever like had compassion for him. Hmm. And it helped me like, uh, see it a little bit differently. But whenever I was, I think 22 or maybe before that, I had a dream that I was the age that I was at the time. And no, I had a dream that whenever I was, I would turn like around 25, 24, 25, that I had a twin that was born like 20 years late. Oh. Remember this? And she grew up and I, in the dream, it was kind of like a fast forward uh, playlist of just like, all the things that happened in my life kind of happened to her too. And I was able to like protect her from them Okay. and like help her from it. And then like a year later, Addie was born. Oh. And like a year after that, we were all, or a couple of years into that, we were starting to like jokingly see the similarities between me and her. And then the older she got, the more. It was literally like looking at little you. Yes. Yeah. That was a futuristic thing, which was really weird. Yeah. But I mean, Addie is definitely her own person and. I, think, I don't really compare the the two of us anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think this is a really funny podcast where we started out with you being fussy and now we're like 
I think it's about dreams. Dream? No, no, no. Well, because now, but because of that dream, though, I was able to kind of see like it was almost like a foretelling of like, hey, your skills as a human is going to help someone one day. Yeah. And like your sensitivities and stuff. And so then I was able, I really was, I feel like I really understood Addie when she was really little. Like I could help talk her off the ledge of like an emotional breakdown. Yeah. Better than some people. So. And a lot of parents with super sensitive kids will come to you and be like, hey, my kid is doing this. What do I do? And you're like, oh, this. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think my brain is calibrated towards the future whenever I'm awake and I fixate on what is to come. I fixate on like I'm anticipating feeling trapped. And like I go like even before the thing comes, I like go the other way. I'm like always thinking about the future and my dreams are the only times where I think about the past. And I think it's like Mm -hmm. I think that's a gift for me because I wouldn't venture. I wouldn't I wouldn't visit the past if it wasn't forced upon me. I know. And dreams, I'm helpless to to visit the past. And I've been doing that journaling in the morning and um I dreamed about our friend that, or I wrote about our friend that died and I noticed it was the only time I was uh, future oriented because I was thinking like the thing I kept thinking about was like, I hope God is real for Rodney. Like, I hope that for his sake that like every like because he was such a good man. That's what we all talked about, how great of a man he is. And I thought like, I hope it's all true for his sake, because if anyone deserves it, it's him. Mm-hmm. And I just like I kept thinking about what that means and like where I where I want to be when I'm 50 and like people are surrounding my body and being like, you are a great man. But when I write after having a dream, because it's the first thing I do when I wake up, I'm always past oriented because I'm like fleshing through the dream I just had. Right. Um, so anyway, I would say the biggest gift for me in dreams is that it's the only time I turn around and look where I came from. Yeah. And I wish I could do that more. I'm like never in the present moment unless I'm working on a song or like producing or something. It's the only time I'm like in the moment because I, you know. Yeah, I'm very oriented to like the stresses of my day, I would say. Yeah. It's like anxiety is a gift in that way where you have to be like present, grounded on what's coming. But I do I do think about the past a lot. Probably more than anybody I know. I think I think that would be true. Yeah, so I think that keeps me from being actually present, but uh Yeah, I don't ugh. I used to not like I'm dreaming. So fussy. Yeah, you, I can tell. We didn't we got no work done. Do you like you're still super but That's fussy? okay. Yeah. Uh do you want to jump over to Patreon now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's I'll, jump over to Patreon. I'll be really happy over there. Yeah, I can tell. I'm All just right. Joking. Bye everybody.